Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. And Jas, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we were talking about our adventures in Goron City. And Jay, where are we heading this week? Well, this week after taking the plunge into Death Mountain Chasm, we're going to see where we ended up and continue our hunt for Princess Zelda. Yeah, so we ended last week at the top of a volcano and basically just jumped in. Yep. Bold. (laughs) But... (laughs) Like, well, you know what already went in, I may as well follow him. Yeah, why the hell not, right? <laughs> if a friend jumps off a bridge, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if a friend jumps in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you know the uh, the webcomic XKCD? I am aware, yep. It's been going for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 long time. One I always remember from that was the... It was the mum saying, like, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it? And then the reply, like, well, if all my friends jumped off the bridge, they probably had a good reason. So, yeah, I guess I would. (laughs) (laughs) Either the bridge is on fire or... But to be honest, if Yunobo jumped off a bridge... I don't know if I would automatically follow him. He doesn't seem like a good role model. (laughs) He seems pretty easily swayed. (laughs) So, yeah, we were talking last week, actually, about, like, it's a little bit disappointing that, you know, Bo, it turns out that he was, like, being manipulated by a magic mask. Yeah. Because I kind of like the idea that he's just, like, very naive and got caught up in all of this. (laughs) Rather than it being, like, nefarious magical reasons he's being a naughty boy I mean that's what it is what it is it's my head cannon for why all wrestlers become naughty boys mysterious magical reasons magical masks <laughs> yeah I saw a lot of luchadors at the weekend yeah it's, uh, it was Mexican Independence Day this past weekend ah and we went to the festival in Tokyo sweet oh, nice yeah unless, unless the, the wrestlers didn't put on a show they were just vibing but it was still cool to see them strolling around. Then it's like you got like skinny, wiry ones. You got big, fat fellas, and you got absolutely stacked guys, but all in their luchador masks. <laughs> and we ate tacos, drank tequila, did dances. It was great. Sounds like a good time. Eh? On my on my way to being an honorary Mexican. You're getting there. Yeah. Oh, well, you'll need to start. Thinking about flights for when I uh, invite you to the wedding. <laughs> Is it Mexico? Where we're heading? <laughs> it's going to have to be Mexico, yeah. yeah. You, you can't marry a Mexican without having a big Mexican wedding. <laughs> anyway, enough about theoretical, hypothetical <laughs> weddings I might have in the future. Mexican festivities. <laughs> like all Mexicans, let's jump into a volcano. So yeah, you land at the uh, well, wherever you land in the volcano, there's a few you can kind of glide and 
choose your landing point basically but um once you're down there um you're in this large area with lava kind of pooling at the bottom of the crater presumably this is where the lava will pull up and bubble up and eventually erupt again someday um but when you land you'll you're like see a kind of flash of light and much like at the wind temple or before you got to the wind temple rather you'll hear a mysterious voice calling out to you saying uh come and uh you then spot a large structure in the distance which uh, the link and Unobo suggest that's where the, sh- the voice is coming from and we should probably head mm. over there so yeah um am i right in saying do you mean also ass- on you go oh maybe we're about to say the same thing as soon as you jump in the volcano you're a danger of catching on fire. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, yeah, I was going to ask, is it right in saying you immediately get that debuff? But yes, you must do. Um, so so that, that's why I was saying, like, I definitely had the armor by this point. Yeah, yeah. I think I at least slapped on. Is it one or two pieces you need? You need at least pieces, a couple two, pieces. Two, to, yeah. two for seven. So, I kind of believe Lazy devs, it's the same armor as in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke. Um, I kind of alluded to this at the end of the last episode, but I actually stumbled upon this area um, by accident before I even did this main quest. Um, mm. I was exploring kind of up towards like kind of where the you know the Akala region in the north east. I was in the yeah. depths around that area, just kind of pottering mm. about, and then. I got too close <laughs> to this region of the map and started burning alive and I thought, oh god, no. I, uh, I also had a little bit of the same thing when I was exploring um, to get into the Korok Forest. Oh, okay, because that's quite close too to far this. this way. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, I'm on fire, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, which gave me big flashbacks to Breath of the Wild where I put off Death Mountain for ages. Because every time I got close, I was on fire, and I was just like, "Nope, I ain't dealing with that." <laughs> yeah, so fortunately, you can pick up the firebreaker armor, um, in Goron City, and uh, yeah, it's pretty essential that you do that, or at least have a lot of fireproof elixir. Yeah, well, I remember in Breath of the Wild, I made enough elixir to brute force my way up to the city, and then got the armor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas in this game, you can actually get to the city before ever needing the armor. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. Well, once it's, you're down here, it's yeah. Cool visual. If you if you thought the lava was missing up on the surface, you're taken care of in the depths. Mm-hmm. You're like very. I mean, we mentioned before the depths having a little bit of hell vibes, but with the addition of big pools of lava everywhere and. Lava waterfalls and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, even more so. I, I really like the visuals of this bit of the depths. Like, I think when we talk about, it, we'll probably speak about this more when we kind of go over our overall thoughts of the game. But I think one flaw of the depths in particular is that visually it's all quite samey. Um, That's what everyone says, but yeah, this is an area that this is an area well, that at least sets even in other parts of the depths, the thing that makes it look good is the contrast, right? How it's so dark, and then mm. the gloom is so, like, bright red and glowing. Yeah. And that's quite a cool visual, but here you also have the lava as well, so you yeah. get even more of that. 
yeah, I think I would have liked maybe a bit more visual variety um, mm-hmm. in the depths as a whole. You get a little but, bit of that, like with the the Korok Forest the depths. Like there's a yeah, there's it's heavily wooded, more, right? More, like kind yeah, of more wood, yeah. Yeah, more woodland area, kind of light, kind of light blue mm-hmm. compared to like most areas in the depths. That and Death Mountain, two kind of small pockets. The rest, you know, you've got quite, quite similar. Yeah, it's large. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It's what it is, but this area is, is is something quite different, which I suppose makes sense because it is essentially part of the main quest. Like you're gonna come here to do this part of the journey. Um. So yeah, there is a device dispenser down here as well. If you need to get about, there which has yeah, and, um, there's not that many of them in the depths, right? That They're mostly in the sky. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, the there's, only one? There's two. There's another one okay, there's two. at... Uh, is that a spoilery location? Oh, okay. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, there's another one at a spoilery location, which we'll get to much later. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, this is, the, this is the one we'll see for a while, um, unless you stumble. Because they're them. even rare on the surface, let alone the depths. Yeah, they're more so more so in the skies, right? Like that's where you're gonna find yeah. them. The only ones on the surface, the ones, are the ones, ones, on, the ones on the surface, have fallen from the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just a uh, your your over your, your overarching goal is to get up to the uh, the you big know, building that you can big see. Big building that you can see. Gorondia. You're, you're going to um, come across a lot of light routes before then. This is quite a compact area for light routes. Am I... Yes, but because it's a compact area for shrines up above. Yeah, <laughs> but am I right in saying I don't know if I mentioned about the, about the depths yet? But is the depths smaller surface area than Hyrule? I th- I haven't thought about it before now, but you might be right. It might be a sneaky because on the map it looks the same size. Yeah, and stuff lines up. But yeah, I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely right feels down to the, like the whole inverse kind of point of like a if it's a mountain then it's a it's a crater in the depths, right? Like yeah, the but they're not course, like, like less... they're not really as big as the mountains. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it is like a maybe like a point so you might be right size there, yeah. or something like that. Like I'd be curious to know if that's actually the case. It definitely feels mm-hmm. like even more compact here than just shrines up above. But then again, like Jas was saying, you've also got the topography up above, like the mountains and such, to kind of hide maybe the the truth of how close those shrines actually are um, whereas in this but yeah you're going in and valleys, out of caves and that kind of thing that's it yeah in this area where it's all valleys and the, the light routes aren't hidden then maybe it does feel smaller as a result and it might not actually be as small it'd be, good, it'd be cool to know so if you do know listen yeah maybe if I can find two which are like they're on flat ground both in the depths and on the surface and, like, and like, measure walking between and... them or yeah, something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That might be interesting. Um, there's a couple. We'll just of po- Google it because someone's probably already checked. <laughs> sorry, sorry, done the research. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple of points of interest before we get to um, the next location in the main quest. There's a mine near here, um, the mm. abandoned Elden mine. I was going to ask this one. Is it involved in the quest at all? I don't think so. Yeah, because it's so easy to stumble across. So I yep. assumed it mm-hmm. wasn't. Yeah, it's just a, a little kind of point of interest around here. 
you'll get a schema stone for an automated ally, which I think is one of those like drone bots that kind of trun like a, like a Roomba, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Um, the, uh, plonk, like laser beams you can put a laser on it, yeah, yeah. Make a lot of <laughs> Cannons and such. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool little find, and it's just another place to, you know, refine your zonite. Right. Get more battery. Um, off perhaps more interest is another Colosseum. Mm. The Scorching Colosseum. Um, this one doesn't have like doesn't have the kind of cute little story beats where you find the bananas with the uh, the one in the forest coliseum, and then you you know you, you the you find out that the Yiga clan of Lurgy in here. This one just a straight up battle with some nasties. Um, so you head inside, you'll see a glowing chest in the middle. Go try and touch it, and the nasties in this. Uh, Colosseum are all moblins. So I think it's five waves in total. Two regular, two blue, two black moblins, then one silver moblin, and then last one of each. So a ah. uh, bit of a melee at the end. But if you have things like the muddle buds, yeah, chuck a muddle bud on the gold one. Uh, yep, um, and. Yeah, we'll just let the silver one go ham. Let them take out the rest. And jobs are good then. Shouldn't be too hard. There's definitely much more challenging coliseums out there. We will get to that one someday. <laughs> but uh, have you guys done this? I think you said you hadn't, Luke. I've done it, yeah. No, I've, I'm right by it now, so I'm about to go give it a go. About to pop in. So <laughs> Report back shortly if it turns out like, no, the moblins are really hard, mate. Do you want me to spoil the reward for the sake of the podcast? Go ahead. (laughs) So the reward inside here is Zant's helmet. from. uh, Oh, that's very cool. From Twilight Princess. With the very ironic uh, ability, I think. I don't know if it has this in Tears of the Kingdom or if it's just armor in this game. Apparently it says it works as it did in Breath of the Wild, so I presume it's the same. It has an ability of (laughs) unfreezable... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which isn't exactly <laughs> very useful where you are. But it's a cute little cosmetic. It's, good, cosmetic for, it's good for the ice gliocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not going to be many of them down here, though. Yep, true. But, uh... Do you like Zant as a villain? You fan? I love Zant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zant and Girahim. Yeah, both, uh... Yeah. He's good in good in warriors as well. Just a weird dude. Yep. Yeah, I, I do love a good Zelda freak. And it's a really intimidating helmet as well. Like especially it has that kind of retracted mouth guard. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. It has like that in Tears of the Kingdom. I guess just open, but right. it's uh, it's uh, pretty pretty cool. And yeah, this was originally. Uh, a DLC item in Breath of the Wild. It wasn't Amiibo, but it was part of the expansion pass. Um, oh. So it's just in here for, for free! Well, for the price of Tears of the Kingdom, but, you know. The yeah, price of beating enough moblins. Yes. Well, Tears of the Kingdom is basically blooming DLC, isn't it? Wee. Was anyone actually saying that after it came out? 
Uh, I feel like they pretty pretty conclusively shut most people up on that one. Yeah, I mean, there'll be some negative sorts out there that'll still spout that nonsense, right? But yeah, like there'll be the main people that are so kind of down on Breath of the Wild or the Zelda game being so different from previous ones. Well, yeah, there's that. But I'm specifically talking about people complaining about it being the same game as Mm. Breath of the Wild, which I understand some people were concerned about before it came out. Not even necessarily unfairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're categorically wrong, let's face it. <laughs> yes. There yeah. is quite a lot of game here. Indeedy. But uh, unfortunately, not much more side attractions in this little spot of the, the depths here. That's probably. Now that I'm here looking at it for the podcast. It is a pretty short walk, but I feel like I spent ages trying to get to the temple. I Maybe because I didn't have all the light routes and it's a bit harder to so see my way around. Little, there is a little bit of a climb before you're up. Yeah, there the is. Yeah. There absolutely is. Um, you'll probably get sidetracked try to light up light routes as well, like I know mm-hmm. I did. Um, yeah, but they're also yeah. close by. <laughs> like, easy to see. Like, you, may as well get there, there. you might as well grab them while you're here, right? Exactly. Exactly. But yes, once we've uh, finished with our little distractions, as you were saying earlier on, Luke, we arrive at the Fire Temple. Yes. Otherwise known as Lost Gorondia Rediscovered. Mm. So that, uh, that kid from earlier. Gorondia that was. Dugby, whatever his name was. Dugby, was that it? I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, Dugby was Dugby. the one. Yep. Um, he was onto something. He'd sniffed out, so he sniffed out the truth of what Laban As kids often do in Zelda. Yes. That kid all the way back in Breath of the Wild who predicted Tears of the Kingdom. What was that? There's the kid in Breath of the Wild who talks about, um, I heard there's a magical kingdom in the sky. Oh, really? I did not know. I've and... not heard that. Wow. <laughs> you could go and find him in this one, yeah. That's cute. I mean, I guess it was a just a sky with sword reference when he did it back then, but makes you wonder. Makes you wonder though how much did they have planned? Does make you wonder. Ooh, but uh, yes, you when you arrive at Lost Garondia rediscovered, um, or the Fire Temple, as we'll probably inevitably call it for the rest of this episode, um, you spot Zelda again, and. Uh, you lose sight of her near the entrance of the fire temple, but um, when you actually go inside, you'll see her go into kind of a middle chamber, and she gets, as we uh, all suddenly misremembered in the earlier episode, rocks fall on her, marbled rocks fall on her, and the caves in, and then the door slams shut on the in the central chamber, and. Uh, mm. This is going to sound familiar. It's barred by five locks. <laughs> I wonder yes. what we'll have to do here. Well, and again. Oh, well, I guess you have to go and find one to find out. But yeah, you use, you use you know, both power the same way you used Julian's <laughs> power last time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So. I guess before we get into it, 
-hmm. This one has the reputation for being the dungeon people don't like in this game. Uh, yeah, it's. I've got some problems with it. Um, Okay. Do you want me to go into them now, or wait till we've gone for the dungeon a bit, or? Um, yeah, we go for it. Basically, you follow, follow a minecart. Yeah, so the, fir- the first lock I think you get to pretty easily. Right? Well, if I've filled up a, a walkthrough, I can kind of do what I did for the wind. Go on then, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you take the lead then and run for it for that one. So uh, once we once we come to the you know initial sort of activation terminal, starting off there, um, we'll kind of have an experience with the uh, hydrant puzzles that were in that shrine we spoke about on an earlier episode, where you've got to use the, hy- yes. the hydrant to create stone platforms in the lava crossover. I should briefly mention, I think we did a bit of that to get here as well. Uh... Yeah, you do, yeah. There's like a pathway like after like the middle light route. I think you have to cross some lava There's to like get to broken the... Bridge oh, to get to Garondia. I see, yeah. I see. There we go. Um, and then much like what we were speaking about earlier on in the last episode of Death Mountain and the normal minecarts preparing us for this we find our first of many minecarts in this dungeon um, you hop in it, activate the fan and you will get uh, a little puzzle of sorts it's not complex, you basically need to shoot Yonobo at a target that pops off which causes the track to shift onto a new course and takes you to a new room um I don't think either of you have played this game. Neither of you have played Spyro 2, have you? Uh, I, I may, in the, back in the 90s, have dabbled. <laughs> okay. But not sufficiently that I can know what the fuck you're about to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there, there, <laughs> there is an exact level of that game that as soon as I started doing this, you have to like shoot fireballs at targets to change a minecart track. And I was just getting... A beatiest Spiral 2 vibes. I was like, yeah, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> they've, been, they've been sitting playing some of the finest insomniac platforming around. <laughs> That's what they've been up to. That's where the, Or they've the just watched any done. western with a train sequence ever. <laughs> nah, nah, it's, it's all about Spiral 2, mate. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> but yeah, I immediately got vibes from that. That's how my brain's wired. It's one of my childhood games, right? Like, it's going to conjure right, yeah. memories of that. The um, guy who's only seen Boss Baby watch his second movie, <laughs> Energy. Shut up. Oh, this game has real Spyro 2 vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you can be flat on game games over playing too many games sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> um... So once we get that, you'll find there's a real theme to this dungeon. A lot of fire-based enemies. Uh, you'll probably cross some fire keys. There's going to be a fire-like like here as well. Have we fought one of them yet? Maybe not, but I mean... It's a like-like that should There's fire. only so much difference between <laughs> one like-like and another. Yeah, yeah. It's just an element of variation. Use an ice arrow on it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And again, you're going to use the... There's more hydrant puzzles and you'll get to... Your first padlock, which, as Luke alluded to, you shoot the padlock. You shoot the padlock with your noble, and oh, sorry. You what you have to do is you have to make a bridge with the hydrant, and it allows your noble to kind of cross across. And, yes, 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 yes. I remember now. And hit the target, 
which uh, is a cool little puzzle, fairly simple to solve. Um, but yeah, after that you're going to have a real minecart adventure where um, you're pretty much switching gates multiple times to get to the next section. Um, and then you can. there's also devices you have to strike to cause this track to spin around and go back the way, which then allows another course to get access to. A lot of minecarting going on here. and um, A lot of floors as well, I seem to remember. Like, a lot of floors kinda, as well. I think uh, it's the kind of... Which I why a lot of people get maybe get frustrated with this. Like I did a bit as well. It's like a lot of floors, a lot of kind of different winding paths of the minecart track. It just mm-hmm. can get really confusing. Like, and like, yeah, you have to... Big sections of like ramps that you have to rotate to make the minecart go this way and then that yeah. way. It is... It's not necessarily difficult. Mm. It can, if you're not so inclined to like memorize and figure it out, it can feel like a lot of trial and error, which at times it did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like the water temple back in Ocarina of Time, I feel like just adding some labeling would fix everything. When they brought out the 3DS Water Temple, the 3DS Ocarina of Time remake, yeah, the, the main, the, the only thing they changed in the Water Temple was putting like yeah marks and color coding so you could tell what level you were going to move the water mm-hmm. to each time. Mm-hmm. If there was like that, a like... red red minecart track and a blue minecart track and a yellow minecart track or whatever, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the frustrations with this level would be removed. Yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, like, I, like my main confusion like was like it's not just like the multiple floors in the minecart so it's like it wasn't immediately obviously obvious what kind of switch you were meant to hit to like change the minecart track so like it was like, hmm. like I said trial and error of like like figuring out like am I going the right way here like and it just got to a point where I was just like you know what I'm going to just try and skip like these sections and see, see how far I can get like through all the yeah. using the abilities and stuff like that rather than following the track that's kind of what I ended up doing as well, and I think I've heard from a lot of people that yeah, they basically end up cheesing it yeah. by abusing um, ascend. ascend and stuff. Yeah, you can skip and, a lot of it. Yeah, and I'll be honest, it really made for quite an unsatisfactory dungeon experience. I mm. think um, we kind of spoke about this a little bit in the the wind temple and i don't think it was as bad as in in the wind temple as it is in this one it's where the freeform mechanics of tears of the kingdom clash with general zelda dungeon design and i think it yes on paper it is cool that you can use the powers to circumvent some of the puzzles and and you know, allow you to skip a minecart section or get to an unintended location to find your noble and not have to make a rock bridge to hit a gong or what have you there. But it just ends up getting uh, making it even worse once you've actually done that and getting you get turned around and you're like, okay, where do I go now? I wasn't meant to be here. How do I get to the next location? The game probably would have made it more obvious if I did it the right way. But now I'm not done it the right way. Where do I go? I'm going to have to try and abuse this again to find the next power. I'm really going to have to finagle this and climb up and get onto this little tiny ledge. And it just it didn't feel good. It felt like 
maybe other people feel differently. Maybe they enjoy cheese in the dungeon. But for me, I found it... I found it frustrating and I don't know if it was a problem with my brain just not meshing with the dungeon design or if the dungeon design was complicated enough and maybe not as clear as it could have been so that I didn't feel like I needed to then skip a section to get around it because I didn't know where I was going. I mean, it can, it can be a bit of both, right? But I think ultimately, like a year from now or two years from now, when the dust has settled and people look back on Tears of the Kingdom... The big question at the centre of it is going to be... Because what, what they've tried to do is... And I think we mentioned this before. They've tried to put a more traditional Zelda campaign... Into the world and mechanics of Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And the big the question that it's going to come down to is... Did that work for you? And like for me... I was, I was able to play the main campaign like an old Zelda... Mm -hmm. And play within the rules it wanted me to play with. And I, I did do this dungeon more or less... As intended. <laughs> I opened all five gates, I went through, I used the minecart. Now, like I said, admittedly, it's not. I'm not saying that oh, I understood it perfectly because I'm, I'm a gaming genius. I <laughs> banged my head against it until it worked, in a lot yeah. of cases. Like, I was just jumping on minecarts, not remembering where they went. Just changing everything I could see and like, oh, this is a new room. Okay, I'm on the right. <laughs> Wandering track. into the right solution. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm not. I'm not necessarily defending this dungeon itself. Sure. I don't hate it like some people do. Like I, I like the fiery vibes. I think it worked. It's not like I spent hours and hours on it. I think I still only spent one or two hours. Yeah, I wouldn't say like I you know a standard Zelda like, length. Wouldn't say I hate it either. It's just a little bit confusing. Like you were saying about like the whole signpost yeah. and, and like switching the tracks. Like it's just. Especially like in a three D environment, like that's not kind of. I wonder easy if it's to a case figure out where you're going in a three D game. Mm. I mean, you add like so many layers to it, and like minecarts and winding paths, like is it? You can get, get overwhelmed basically a little bit. This is might be one of those things which often happens in games, but doesn't very often happen in Nintendo games, where you wonder if the people testing this dungeon were too familiar with it. Maybe so, right? Like maybe they should have. Maybe again, we're just speculating here, but maybe, like you said, if they had a fresh pair of eyes, like okay, we're gonna bring in somebody that's not played this dungeon. Let's see how it works. Yeah, maybe. Um, because that's gonna. Be or maybe it. they were playing on really nice big TVs in the Nintendo HQ, and it was easy to keep track of everything. You <laughs> know? Yeah, I was playing on it. I played docked. I was playing on a decent set. You know, like, uh, but. I don't know, just like I said, a bit muddly, a bit fiddly, mm -hmm. um, and even more so once we get to the next gong after the two we've spoken about. So yeah, after the minecart madness is another rock bridge you've got to make. Then the minecart madness gets even more complex because now not you just, you're not just switching tracks on a horizontal plane, also on a vertical plane as well. So like there's mm -hmm. tracks to actually switch up or down. Um, to head up to the third or fourth floor, and I think this is where I really just packed it, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheese this. I don't know what I'm doing. This is too, too fiddly." Um, and uh, and yeah, you eventually make your way up to the fourth floor. There's a quite a neat puzzle where you've got to make like a a bridge that like of rocks not not one that like goes through the lava but one that kind of 
leans against the gong, sloping upwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a nice little change there, just so you can have a, like a path for you know, to fly up, because there's no way for him to reach it otherwise. Um, well, there probably is with through cheese and methods, but this one you just need to make a, a nice little slope for him to travel up. Um, and then the penultimate padlock... Um, once you return to this, there's like a central floor with like lots of different um, tracks to go on that you will return right. to quite a few times. Um, and that, that's where there's the big rotating. Correct. Yeah. Ramp the in the middle, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember going back there a lot. Yeah, and that's the third floor. One of the tracks has a gap in it there, mm. um, and this the solution is you need to attach a rocket to the back of the car and it will cause it to jump. I'm sure I tried this a couple of times and the car just flew off to the side. I don't know if I had the, didn't have the rocket centred enough, but it didn't go to plan. did not work. Well, um, me and Jess had had the experience of doing that prior, which you hadn't. In the shrine, right? Yeah. No, no, not yeah. even in the shrine. The um, The random NPC quest we talked about last time. Yeah, the main Remind me. Oh, the, 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 the one in the cave, the one I didn't do, the one I didn't do, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember the rocket Minecraft, so I don't. I assume I didn't have that much trouble with it. And um, once you, there's another bit that kind of another callback to a shrine that we've spoken about on an earlier episode, um, where you have to use Ultra Hand to connect a bridge back up to how it, how it once was. Again, mm. some cool physics stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remember that, just again, because it, it does always look pretty cool when you get that mm-hmm. stuff to work. And then there's a recall use where you've got to jump on a cube and use recall, climb on top of it and use recall, and the cube will fly back up into the ceiling um, to where the next gong is, um, which will be your fourth. And then finally... Um, going back to that central floor, there's another section where you've got to, I think it's some more switch nonsense. Oh, one thing I hadn't spoken about that is pretty neat is on some of the minecart sections, and I did enjoy this, and I'm pretty sure it was in, the, in one of the early trailers as well, you've got some soldier constructs that will like, ride along a like a lined... Like um, a like parallel A parallel, track. that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have little little train track battles. It's very fun, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. A lot of sections, there's like, there's little sections where there's a very small loop Mm -hmm. and you just keep going around it until you hit the switch. Mm -hmm. And there's little sections like that with two trains fighting. If you're like a train set kid, this, this, this has a lot of that fun. of just building little tracks, Mm -hmm. moving your little trains along. So there's definitely that appeal here. Or a train set adult, we don't judge. Yeah, but I mean, train set adults are train set kids at heart. True, very true. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> like you know, I'm never gonna belittle anyone else for being a child. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He I, said uh, on his Legend of Zelda podcast <laughs> <laughs> in his room filled with likely Legend of Zelda merchandise, gaming merchandise yeah. in general. Yeah. With his room where he's got ten packs of coffee that he bought so he can enter a competition to win a Zelda jacket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I hope you win. Yeah. I hope you win. Oh, I really hope I win. Even if it's just for the content, you know? That's uh, that's cover photo material on the on the Twitter. Absolutely. Yep. Um, our last padlock. Um, again, you've got some more minecart madness. Um, I mentioned the 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 soldier constructs are your main enemy type, much like it was in uh, the Wind Temple. And there's a section where you go all the way up to the top, and then you need to float down a hole that you make from that you shoot. I think with uh, Unobo. Shoot with Unobo, yeah. And this one, I remember this one annoying me for ages because the the actual um, the actual padlock is on the first floor, so you see it as soon as you, you come in. You see it as soon as you come in. So you have to go all the way up and bash your way down. Yeah, that's right. It's probably going to be the last one you get, which is, I suppose, cool dungeon design in that sense because then you're right out at the um at the main entrance, door again, yeah. right? Um, which is is neat. I do like that. Appreciate that. Um, that's assuming it was your final one, but it, it was for me. So. Yeah, it was for me as well, as I, I think I remember that. But yeah, again, yeah. if it had been if it had been a certain colour and one of the tracks was that colour, it would have been the easiest thing in the world. Mm. Uh, may, maybe maybe they did try that and it's too easy, right? Maybe that's... Could be. That's the case. Maybe that's why the combat encounters, and we'll get to that shortly aren't that challenging in this dungeon maybe mm. compared to some of the other ones because the, they just wanted you to focus on the puzzles the puzzling is a bit more complex yeah um, yeah interesting i wonder if that's their design philosophy well you could all, you could split like the the dungeons in half right on like ones with a lot of combat ones with a lot of puzzles Actually, maybe there's only one that's very combat heavy. <laughs> yeah, there's one that's combat heavy for sure. Eh, I don't know. They all have their share of puzzles. Yeah. This one's definitely the most puzzle heavy, though. Hmm. But if maybe it's just because that, this one's puzzle in particular was difficult. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was left a bit sour after it, because I, I think I just got frustrated by the end and I was just kind of wanting it done. <laughs> Which well, is a I shame. Had... It sounds weird, but I had the advantage of hearing people complain about it a bunch before I did it. Yeah, I remember us yeah, talking this, about that. Yeah, this was my and... last one as well, so like I was kind of almost prepped for it, even though it still didn't annoy me a little bit. Like yeah. it was my third one, but um, yeah, I'd heard. I think I'd heard you got mention it. I'd seen it on the forum. I'd heard it on other podcasts. It's like everyone's hating on this fire temple. So when I finally got here and did it, I was like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like the wind temple in the next game that really annoys everybody. They're just going to go in a circle. The cycle, yeah. right? <laughs> it's your turn now, wind temple. What you got to get us? I think it's as well as because I did this one right after the wind temple, which I think is as they knocked it out of the park. Really big fan mm. of that dungeon. The whole music, the vibes. Uh, you know the actual puzzling isn't that complex um the actual route to get there was uh epic and then the, the boss fight as well was was a spectacle and really fun um less so this one we'll get to that very soon <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, that's maybe why the Fire Table fell flat by comparison, because I was comparing them during my journey, whereas you guys had done a few of them before then, right? So yeah. more... there's like there's like clouds of steam rising up from the floor in this temple. And you use that for they like tracks, right? no, 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 no. Just not like um, there's a there's an elevator you can use for a shortcut. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And I'm these aren't updrafts. Like, it's, it's just like it's just like a visual effect. There's like clouds yeah. of steam, mm-hmm. but they're like fully physics reactive. Like you can like blow them with like the. You can like thing. swing your sword at them and they blow around. You can walk through them and they react. I hadn't really noticed them, but because I'm just like mucking about treating the game like a screensaver while I talk to you. Mm-hmm. It's it's wow, that's cool. Yeah, man. The details in it, man. It's my Nintendo. Yeah, device. it's the Nintendo difference. <laughs> that is cool. I don't remember the music in this place. Um, obviously you're there now, Luke. Is it anything to write home about? I don't have the music on because I'm oh well, it also it won't play during the dungeon, right? Is it not like quiet? Like after you've done the dungeon? Yeah, you might be right. But I don't yeah. remember. To be honest, I don't remember most of the dungeons, like the dungeon themes. I remember the boss themes. I remember the Wind Temple again because it's a steadily ramping mm. up version of the Rito Village theme, but epic. And then it comes to that beautiful culmination with yeah. the the Colgera fight, right? So, well, as you're listening back to this episode, the music will probably have been in the background during this section. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, future Luke. (laughs) (laughs) But now we can step through and battle the aforementioned boss. Uh, Yes, because when we we destroy the red rock that's now on the ceiling, that's presumably buried up, buried uh, and grabbed Zelda. Um, But a big four-legged beastie appears. Oh, when you say the ceiling, it's because the room is kind of like, it's kind of like a squashed sphere. So you know, mm. you shoot him at the wall, he'll go all the way round. A dome. Yeah, it's like, but a dome, but the ramp is, a dome would go straight down, right? Whereas this curves back towards you at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it is quite a dome. There must be a word for it. It reminds me of a Rocket League arena. <laughs> I was yeah, I was thinking Rocket League or yeah. Rock Cage back on the PS4. Yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yes. Yeah, the Rocket um, League boss fight. The big four-legged beastie, the Rocket League boss fight is the scourge of the Fire Temple, Marbled Goma, which um is seemingly maybe uh source the marble rock roast. Well, that makes me wonder if all of the ones they eat are actually like they are being put for rock based monsters. Could be, it's but I guess they're just not corrupted roast. by they're not corrupted by the gloom, right? By Ganon's powers, Ganondorf's powers. Um, yeah, I love the the kind of beginning of the fight. Like big callback to Ocarina of Time where you know Goku's kind of looking at you from the roof of the Deku tree in that game and Marble Goma does the same here in this Rocket League arena. Really cool. 
and he'll climb around on the ceiling. Again, you have to shoot your bow. It, it, it can be a little tricky to line up the shot because you're sending him from the floor to curve around and hit the next one on the ceiling. Yeah. But he usually just knocks its legs once or twice and falls down. Down on for a little bit. His as well. Rinse and repeat. Oh, is that uh, when it starts shooting attacks at you? He kind of yeah, tries to trap you with the rocks, right? Yeah. I think I just literally used you to pull up the rocks and get out. Yeah, you can do that. You can recall them like something. Like you recall it and it goes back, basically. That would be That's the clever cool. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I did oh, yeah, not I do that. Yeah, I think I mostly did it Jay's way. Yeah. Awesome. Except this is my last dungeon in my playthrough, so I'm just going to reverse it using the recall and stuff like mm. that. Fights. Whereas me and Luke were uh, full ungabunga monkey break. <laughs> Cause explosions. Well, it's, it's, to be fair, like, it is, it's the most obvious thing, right? To use the, use your nobles, like, ability. The power just like, gave you, yeah. Because you've been breaking the same rocks. Like, True. That is the quickest True. way to get out. But yeah, if you're smart, if you use recall, then you can then attack the monster sooner because you have to wait for your nobles. Yeah, it just gets you out of the circle, like, you traps you in like, a little bit quicker. But not especially challenging, right? Like you do. Oh, right, right. Very, very easy. But then again, was Colgera? Colgera wasn't especially challenging either. Uh, I, I mean, it was challenging for me because I was getting cold damage the whole time. <laughs> okay. You're playing on hard mode. <laughs> if, you <come> in, <laughs> if you come in prepared and wearing clothes to the battle, not particularly challenging. I'd say Marble Gun was like a lot easier. Yeah, I think um, the easiest fight in the game. Even if Colgera's not challenging. It is. It takes longer. There's maybe a wee because bit more to, skill involved in terms of the. You have to line yeah. up the difficult shots. Yeah. 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 Whereas uh, Marble Gomer getting the big, massive legs, big targets to hit, right, and then um, the old Zelda trope, smack its eye. <laughs> It's kind of kind of thankful, like after that, a little bit of an annoying dungeon, and you're kind of thankful for like an easy boss, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like it's therapeutic. It's the it's the dungeon's face for you to punch. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't I. Even. Even going as far as like, quite late in the game, I don't necessarily feel that I want. Super hard bosses in my Zelda? Um, Maybe I want a bit of a challenge, particularly in like yeah. a final boss. Yeah. But it's more about the bosses, like the culmination of what's come before. And I as long as one, it's like. One or two of the big, bigger bosses being a bit tricky. Like, I mean, in, in Breath of the Wild, um, Thunderblade Ganon was, was, was that, right? Like, that was always the yeah. one that was a bit of a stumbling block for a lot of players. Um. Just because he was so zippy, zippy zappy, moved around quickly, tough to hit. But like, I don't come to Zelda for like necessarily difficult combat challenges. That's yeah, just not what I come to the game for. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. What you referencing? Don't. What was that? I was... We mentioned the one we mentioned all the time that's just came out. Monster Monster Hunter. Liza P. Right? Monster Hunter. I was talking about Monster Hunter. 
Like oh. you, know, you, you, you come to that for challenging combat encounters, right? So yeah, flies a pee. Meant to be quite good, I've heard. Yeah, yeah I like saw some footage of it and like not massively impressed, so I'm like, skip it. There we go. That's sure. But I think that's because I've got another <laughs> from soft game to play still. That's your, uh, your that's your Hyrule Field report, James Adjuster Stuart review for this week. <laughs> <laughs> from Lies of P. Lies of PP, more like. There we go. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> So, once we've defeated Marble Coma and made our infantile jokes, um, uh, the Marble Coma crumb was around. No sign of Zelda, um, but sparkly stone falls from the ceiling, and Yonobo is like, What is this? What's going on? And we get treated to, uh, well, if this was your second or third or fourth dungeon, quite a familiar cutscene. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. We once again get to see the imprisoning war, find yeah. out that there was a sage. You know, mm-hmm. I've been talking to the sage. Go back and listen to the episode about Tulin. It's basically the same. <laughs> yes. But um, rather than... Except, the cam- well, except in the cutscene, the camera slightly tilts towards the Goron instead of the yes. real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, uh, rather than, well, who we presumed is the sage, maybe named Meadow, who knows. And this is the sage, which I presume would be named Rudania, I guess. Mm-hmm. If we're going by that little bit of headcanon, that would make sense. Um, but Kench, Goron Sage, and he allows, passes on the the mantle of the Sage of Fire to Yonobo, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, means you now get a lovely spirit you know both to follow you around um and spin at the front of your vehicles in say, like with the with the <laughs> cut scene like it is like i understand like why it's obviously it's weird that they repeat the kind of the same in prison and war cut scene at the end of each dungeon spoiler <laughs> uh, it's i like understand it because like you could be doing a lot in between those main quests so it yeah, is, that is it understandable of, to give you a little reminder of like kind of what's happening, you know, or like some people might but go like we have to remember like, between these main I think quests. People like us who talk about games online, mm-hmm. we always forget we're the minority who mm-hmm. like pick up a game like this and finish it in like a month. Yeah, people like there's plenty of kids and adults, right, who buy. They buy a game like this, this is their game for the year. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they're only playing, like, an hour or two a week because they have other hobbies and stuff going on and they have work to do and studying to do and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, us sad sacks. <laughs> so, for them, they treat it... It's more like a TV show than a movie, right? Yeah. In a movie, if they repeat the same scene four times like that, you'd be like... You would not be happy, but in a show, yeah, yeah, they do that at the end of each arc just to remind you. Mm-hmm. Previously on Lost. <laughs> Previously in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> you heard about the imprisoning war. <laughs> so I think it makes sense. And yeah. Yeah. It's We we make fun of it a little bit, but to genuinely complain about having to spend two minutes 
watching a cutscene that you could skip once you realise they're all going to be the same. Nonetheless, you know, it's whatever. Ah. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, it would be nice if, um, like, for example, there was maybe a little bit extra added on to each scene that was specific about the sage in particular. Yeah, or if, or if they um, just they found, like, four different ways to give... If it's the same information, if they yeah. found four slightly different ways to give it to us, right? Like a scene with Zelda. If one of them showed it preparing the battle, and one of them showed them fighting the battle, and one of them showed them... Losing, There's other whatever. ways they could have done it exactly, but it's yeah. Like I'm not. Said, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying I don't care. It's me too. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's <laughs> a big deal. It's just it would have been cool if they did it a different way. That's what it is. Which is often where I find myself in gaming debates, where it's like, oh, but what about this issue? And it's like, yeah, okay, but I don't care though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just. <laughs> Only so many hours in the day. Why bother it? Mo- why bother spending them moaning? Yeah, I've only got so oh. much energy to care about stuff, and that, that's not making my list. Sorry. <laughs> but um, as we also have so many hours in the day. We've only got so much more time to spend with you on this episode of Iron Field Report. Um, as with that, we've come to the end of the uh, Fire Temple and the Yunobo of Goron City quest. Next time, we will kind of do what we did with the um, Hebrew region last time and do a Elden region mop-up of sorts. We're going to speak about the quests, the side quests that are available, talk about some of the shrines, whistle whistle top tour. Whistle, whistle <laughs> you always <laughs> try and say it, and you can't say that phrase. None <laughs> of us are making you try and say yeah. it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Look, no. this, is it. this is the second time you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whistle stop tour. We're going to go on a little adventure around the region. <laughs> So make sure you join us for that. But until then, look, do your thing. Yeah, if you want to take a whistle-stop tour of our social medias, <laughs> we're on Twitter at Hyrule Field Pod. We also have a Facebook that I never update. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Please do try to rate and review, like and subscribe. If you have friends who played the game or are playing the game or are just into games, why not suggest this podcast to them? Say, hey, it's a fun way to relive the experience of playing through Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. some good banter from some good lads and then uh, if you want to help support the podcast help keep it online help make me feel a little bit better about the time I spend editing podcasts every week head on over to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius where you can donate just a dollar a month and you'll get to hear everything as soon as we're done editing and uh, yeah if you have any takes on the Fire Temple that you'd like to share? Um, do you, are you more like myself? Did you, were you a little bit annoyed by the the dungeon? or? I suspect a lot of people listening think we've been too kind to it. Do you reckon? Even yourself, Jay. Mm. Yeah. People wow. really hate this one. I'd, I'd love to hear some vitriol. Send it our way. Not us! About the is Fire really, Temple. Is, like, is it really like Water Temple like levels? Like, I don't know if it's... Water Temple? Well... Of hatred. I mean, in terms of the Water Temple came out in 98... And this came mm. out in Hell Year 2023. 
then yeah, it's <laughs> similar <laughs> levels of hatred, but <laughs> perhaps that's not a fair comparison. Yeah, if you've got some real vitriol to sling at the Fire Temple, please, I'd love oh, to yeah, yeah. tweet us. If you've got some real vitriol to sling at us, keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, Positive to me. All engagement is good engagement. <laughs> <laughs> Spew your hate speech at Luke Summerhays. <laughs> yeah, I should start saying controversial things every week just to try and get shared. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the, new, the new meta, isn't it, on Twitter? I don't think Sorry. women should be allowed to play Zelda. No, good. good. <laughs> um, let's rinse that that bad taste out of our mouth with a sage bit of advice from our main man, Jazz. Or continue the hatred. And sorry, Jay, oh. but like if you if maybe if you have trouble like speaking like Jay does, like then maybe try these little phrases like a human torch was denied a bank loan. And that will help you with your speech patterns, you know? A human torch, a human torch was denied a bank loan. I've never heard yeah. that. Is that a thing? <laughs> yes, like that is from uh, Anchorman. Uh-huh. It's things Ron, Ron, Ron Burgundy would say. How now, brown cow? That's human one, yeah. torch was denied a bank loan. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. I think I now, in context, I kind of remember him <laughs> saying. It works. Maybe he says that one. And if uh, you, dear listener, also get bullied by your friends for <laughs> saying words wrong sometimes, please tweet. Less of a door. <laughs> At least apologise for editing. Yeah. Just give up. That's my advice. Catch us next time. Cheerio. So long. Cheerio.